Mute yourself for a second. Huh? Mute yourself for a second. <laughs> oh, so much better. Okay. Welcome to We Love That. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Kenyon, and let's get started with this show. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to We Love That. I'm Jerome. And I'm Kenyon. And today we are taking a trip over to the West Side. That's right. We're talking about all things West Side Story today. <laughs> um, and I mean, obviously, we have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> Bum, bum, bum. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> Slowing it down today. Ooh. Ooh. Wow, I turned on my, uh, what is that? Who's that person? Teddy Pendergrass voice? Yeah, that is what that is. <laughs> no, it's, what's, um. You're the first, the last, my everything. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> I don't know, but I do know that song, and that's hilarious. And that's exactly who that is. Because isn't that also, um... Turn off the lights. What is his name? Barry White? Barry White. It's Barry White. Duh. (laughs) Fools. Fools. (laughs) So if you didn't know that, you're a fool. (laughs) (laughs) And welcome to We Love That. Oh, how goes it? How goes it? Um, it's the holiday season. Mm. You know. You know. Oh, you know. <laughs> Must I? Must I? <laughs> Do I know? Um, I'm doing okay. I have in front of me a pile of um, what I would argue are the best version of a Reese's of not a Reese's, a Hershey's kiss. <gasps> the peppermint kind? Yes, the little candy Girl. cane Hershey's kisses. I'll be right there with you. Please save some for I'm me. I'm a big fan. <laughs> oh no, I'll be eating them all. Okay. Okay. Oh my goodness. Um Well, I'm just so excited. I'm so excited because Woo! I mean, not to spoil it, but today we're talking about West Side Story, and I just can't, I can't contain. <laughs> I mean... I can't explain. Kenyon, 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 Kenyon. There's so much to say. Oodles. There's so much to say and to be said. Goo gobs, as I've been known to say in the past. Yeah, what's up with that? Moving right along. <laughs> well, before we get to that, before we move right along... I mean, that is perhaps one of the greatest moments in my world, in the world, in this world. But there's another moment in the world which which deserves some time and attention. Yes. Um, on December 15th, Bell Hooks passed away. Um, acclaimed writer, scholar, activist, poet, feminist thinker. Yeah. 
really quite a loss. Quite a loss. She, um, well, it's, it's one of those moments that happens all too often where like, like I, I was reminded that so much of this, not like maybe, maybe scholarship is the right way to put it. Just like so many of these immense thinkers and crafters of like black feminist theory, just in the same way that if you were to compare to any other sort of like giants in a field of theory, like those are people who were writing and thinking in like the early 20th century and the 19th century, like Mm. as a random example to think about like the impact that Freud has, right. That like everyone's Mm. talking about like all of these things that he theorized and not to say that they all not, we're not talking about Freud, but like (laughs) in that same way, you know, you think about bell hooks and Audre Lorde and like Toni Morrison and just all these incredible thinkers who like were so recently with us. Like it, it just reminds us, it reminds me that like all of that is so recent, right. That like the, the things that they were fighting for and working toward and writing about and thinking about the activism that they were involved in, like was not so far long ago, distantly away. And I, I think bell hooks was 69. Right. Um, like that is not like recent history. Like that is contemporary to us, right? Absolutely. And so influential. And so to see yeah. so many people coming out of the woodwork right now being like bell hooks influenced my writing, my music, the way I live my life in these ways um, is amazing to see just how, how much while you're alive, you can have an impact. Like we don't have to wait for people to pass on yeah. to, to be changing lives. Mm. So thank you very much. Truly, thank you. Bell Hooks. Even though I did one time write a paper in college that was refuting her criticism of Beyonce's Lemonade. (laughs) I mean, I will own up to that right now. Engaging in the conversation. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. Wait, literally... I said that as a joke, but literally, like, Bell Hooks wrote about Lemonade because she was alive and writing and, like, a part of the conversation. And I actually was a part of the conversation with her. And that's kind of giving. <laughs> like, that's cool. Um, I like that. Let's have more conversations. Let's, let's have more engage conversations. Engage even more. Let's engage in conversation right now. <laughs> okay, you ready? About, I will say it. This is one of my new favorite movies of all time. I It's been less than 24 hours since I've seen it, so I don't know if I can make such grand pronouncements. <laughs> but, uh, like, it's, it's, cur- it's steadily rising right now uh-huh. in this very moment. I mean, I have to go see it four more times, obviously. <laughs> and actually, there's a really important reason why I have to go see it again, which I have to tell you about. Um, but... We're talking about West Side Story today. I don't know that anything about West Side Story is a spoiler, but like if you don't want to hear about (laughs) Romeo uh, and Juliet, (laughs) if you don't want to hear about the movie before seeing it, then well, see you later. Turn away. (laughs) Um, I went to see it last week. 
opening night. I really kept feeling like other people were seeing it. I feel like part of me felt like I was late to see it and I saw it on opening night. Mm. I felt like there were all these screenings and things happening and people seeing it and talking about it. Mm. And somehow I was behind. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Wouldn't be the first time you were behind. Well, how dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I went to see it and I was like, I know that I'm going to love this movie. Like people that I trust, that I've been talking to about it, have been saying, uh, preaching and praying and teaching and saying. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. That this movie was going to be amazing. I knew that I was going to love it. I am upset. Obviously, I was going to love it. So I was like, I want to go with people who are also going to love it. Like, I don't want to go with just anyone because I know that I want to be with people who are also going to be like, I'm obsessed with this movie. Absolutely. And so, you know, asked a couple of good, close friends to come. Um, And one of the friends that I asked invited someone else. Uh, And we'll say their name is uh, Jordan. (laughs) So I don't know Jordan at all. (laughs) I have never met Jordan before. But I'm like, you know what? Why not? I think this friend knows that I want to have this very positive experience. So they wouldn't have invited someone unless if it was going to be someone who's going to contribute to that positive experience, of course. Mm, You know, mm, what an assumption. Well, well, (laughs) you know what happens when you assume. (laughs) You get pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) So the movie ends. And I turn to my right to see my friends and Jordan, who is not my friend. And I say... Well, they're like, oh, what did you think? And I'm like, I thought it was amazing. Like, five out of five, eight out of five. I thought it was fantastic. And this person says, really? I thought it was terrible. Can you believe that? How could someone say those words? <laughs> I Okay, I mean, well, other people have other opinions. See, now here's what I'll say about this movie. <laughs> it's okay. Like, here, there was a level of it that was like, okay, obviously I just said that I liked it, so don't tell me that the thing I like is terrible. <laughs> Duh. So who are you? I don't know you. We don't know each other like this, so why are you talking to me like this? But also, like, how, ooh, how easy it, is it for you to sit in your little movie theater seat and to say, oh, that thing was terrible, when it clearly was excellently put together. <laughs> like, th- like you can say, oh, I didn't get this part, or I don't. why did they make this choice? But, like, when you talk about the execution, when you talk about the singing, the dancing, the costume, the image, like, it, it is ex- this movie is excellent. I'm glad you brought up all the different parts of a movie, like the singing and the <laughs> dancing. <laughs> <laughs> crucial elements to movie making because I did think mm-hmm. like the craft okay that's what I'm saying it was it was just it was brought to the table well guess what it was directed by Steven Spielberg so what was it was I written expected? by Tony Kushner <laughs> like you know obviously there was no world in which it wasn't good. that's what I'm saying that's why I wanted to go with people who wouldn't say exactly what this <laughs> Jordan said um that's really funny because my moment at the end when I turned to the people that I was with, mm-hmm. firstly, I was crying. I was oh, of course, bawling. And I said, 
nothing. And they said, <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's what I should have. That's what I. That should have been my experience. <laughs> that should have been my experience. Wow! Did you break the mic with that one? Henian, <laughs> <laughs> that's the experience that I should have had. I should have turned to look at you and see you cry, and the two, two of us together would say, "Absolutely, literally, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely." High marks across the board. Absolutely high marks across the board. <laughs> Um, I mean, bring, this brings me to my first and my only question, which is how many times, where and when did you cry? Okay. <laughs> this is a great question. <laughs> um, I want to see if we have the I same s- moments. Well, I started tearing up. Hmm. Okay. I think the first time that I started tearing up was one hand, one heart. Because... That song is so beautiful to me. Then, when Rita Moreno is singing Somewhere, now that's giving me crying. Because that is so right. But I think really when I came absolutely apart was Ariana DeBose in A Boy Like That. I have a love. (laughs) (laughs) that really was it for me wow wow i well i feel all of those Uh uh-huh what what would you say so i share um oh my gosh rita singing somewhere it just yeah what it was perfect it was and all the all the lyrics meant something different because it was coming from an older person yeah like well, there's so much to say about that character, which there, we're about to talk I, about. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> that was one for me. But the first one was was tears for the craft, honestly. There's this love, there's this amazing image where Tony is standing in this puddle of water singing Maria. And Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some the image made the literally the image made me cry. I'm not, yeah. you know, Ansel Elgort. Take them or leave them. But something about the composition of... It was like this gorgeous light reflected off the water, singing literally Maria, an amazing song. That made me cry. Um, The end made me cry. Yeah. And those are my three times. Yeah. Um... Okay, there's, where do you want to, shall we, shall we talk? Okay, here's what I want to talk about. (laughs) Sorry, I was going to ask, but I don't care. Um, Here's what I want to talk about. Um, I famously love the original. Absolutely. I do, watching this movie, I felt like, wait, nothing happens in the original. (laughs) Like, I literally was like, wait, all of this is new and I can't remember what was here. Like, what I loved about it so much, I think that this movie actually takes West Side Story, which initially is like, is problematic for many reasons, right? It's, like, written by these white men. It's, like, taking Romeo and Juliet and putting it onto, like, modernizing it, which is, like, there's nothing wrong with that, but, like, putting it onto a racialized dynamic without race actually being a part of the story, right? So it's like, oh, yeah, they're the Jets who are white and the Sharks who are Puerto Rican, and they're clashing because they don't like each other, like... 
it it does it is using race as a prop mm-hmm. to to be this like inexplicable like two houses like <laughs> I I don't know what the Shakespeare is but whatever <laughs> you know what I mean yes and there was so much in this version which again hat tip to Tony Kushner Truly. who I think knocked this absolutely out of the park like. It is. It feels fully realized. Like, I, I think the original requires you to understand the context and to know Romeo and Juliet already, right? Like, it, mm. it kind of requires you mm. to know. I think that you get a lot more out of it when you know, okay, this character is Tybalt and this character is Mercutio and this character is Nert, right? Like, Got you. It, there, there is kind of a built-in, oh, here's what these characters... Uh, like what is driving their decision making, right? And that part of it is like because they're based on this other story that already existed. Whereas in this movie, I feel like it really took the time to build characters, like to actually explain why characters act in the way that they do, as well as like explaining the context that it's in, right? Like it is not just the sharks versus the jets are two sides of a story. It's like, the Jets hate the Sharks because of racism. They are, like, pushed to hate the Sharks because of capitalism, the way that they are all being pushed. Like, there just was, like, oh, we're actually talking about this and not just la-la-la, there are two sides. And one of, the, one of the scenes that I thought was the best was Tony and Maria on the train. And Maria mm. is like, wait, you think that we have it easier than you. That doesn't, she, like actually breaking apart. And that Tony is not like, oh, well, Maria, you're right. He's like, no, you actually don't. Like there is right. actually addressing that right. disconnect. Right. Within their relationship, not just within right. the relationships between the other characters that we see. Right. Um, absolutely. I mean, the, the, this version is so much more social commentary than the first one, which still remains yeah. in the kind of like, this is a love story that like is talking about things, but just not talking about them, you know, obliquely. Um, Yeah. And this just has so much to say. It's definitely about race, but I'd also say it's just as much about gender as it is about race. Yeah. And it's just as much much about the past as it is about the future. It like... Okay, so go off. (laughs) 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 The way that, the way that anybody's character is oh my god we have like, to, oh my god oh my god <laughs> <laughs> is fully is fully a character one and the right. way that Rita Moreno's character comes in as a as a stand-in for like interracial struggle yes, yes, through, yes, through the yes, age yes, yes. right like yes. this is so when she sings. When she says sings, there's a place for us. That it's different. It's like there's it's like different. coming from this older person who's like been in an interracial relationship and who still holds this hope. It's just it's giving generational struggle much yeah. more than the original. Um, and yeah, yeah, I mean, we have, we should dive into both of those, honestly. Okay, let's first talk about anybody's, and then let's talk about Valentina. So, anybody's for anyone who has not seen previous versions of it, like, Anybody's is a character who, I think in the original, 
is we would describe as, or like the audience, the story, the, the original musical would describe as like a girl who wants to hang out with the, who wants to be in the gang. So like, this is someone who, again, as I think it would be described in the original is like, there are the jets and they're the jet girls. And this is someone who is a girl, which you would think would make that person a jet girl, but instead is wants to be a jet. And all the jets are like, you don't belong here. Like, go be a girl or whatever. It's giving tomboy right, and, right, right. and heavy quotes. <laughs> heavy quotes. Yeah, whatever, whatever that means. Right. <laughs> and so fully realize, fully fleshing out that character as, as a queer character, as like, like when they're in the when they're in the um, police station and they're like, why don't you just hang out with the girls? And anybody's just like, I'm not a girl. So don't say that. That's like brilliant for so many reasons. First of all, because it's like, we actually don't have to, like queer characters and queer people have always existed, right? Like, Truly. This is a queer character who always was a part of West Side Story. Truly. And also that like, it was so concisely conveyed without, like, you know, it, it, in worse hands, in less, less agile hands, it could have, anybody's could have been like, well, actually, I'm trans. And it's like, wait, this is now <laughs> taking me away. Like, right. this is not what this person would say. <laughs> right. And so instead to so concisely, like, I am not a girl and like, there isn't all the language that, like, I in 2021 have to look at this, but, like, that so clearly conveys it. And then that anybody's all along has been the character who's like, I can hide you. I know how to hide. I know how to sneak away. That is so right. <laughs> that is so right. It's giving shadow work. It's giving... Yeah. It's giving the in-between space. It's giving the, like, the perils of being in-between and also the like the benefits sometimes of that eligibility allows you yeah. to, to be in different places and to right. go unnoticed. Um, in that scene in the police station, we're really breaking down the scenes, breaking down the wall. <laughs> I think that the way that the that law enforcement is used throughout the entire film is mm -hmm. just, is just, it's saying a bunch. It's saying a bunch more than the original one, especially in this instance where the entire the entire police precinct right. empties out to go chase down this queer character right. and leaves uh, <laughs> leaves everyone else who's actually done something right just in the building and if that's not people running around chasing down queer people for existing when there are actual other things to do then i don't right. know what is as well as like Part of the, I mean, I don't remember the, like, Officer Krupke and Lieutenant Trank equivalents in Romeo and Juliet, but part of the failing of the original is that, like, oh, we're going to make these, like, referees, we're going to make them the police, as if the police are a neutral referee, right. Right. right? And that this movie so explicitly says, like, actually, the police are on the side of the Jets, and, like, are actively on the side of the Jets. I mean, yes. And, or that, like, that the police are... Actually don't care about, like, ultimately are going to go after this queer person who they have harassed. 
more than like, oh, let's actually figure out where the rumble is tonight so we can stop it, right? Like, right, the, right. That the police are not like the the referees as as bumbling as like Krupke is as a character. Like that there actually are. It's not just like oh haha Krupke's like bad at his job or whatever. It's like no, there actually is really active harm being done by these people who are supposed to be keeping the peace. Absolutely. And I hesitated there because there is a, absolutely the police are on the side of the white people and the white people are the Jets. But also the police have jobs and are a part of the establishment, whereas the Jets are poor and are disenfranchised Yeah, through through their poverty. And that's, that's a basic backdrop of their story. And the way that the, that the police use, use, use fear to influence them through the lens of their poverty in the beginning. Um, I mean, that speech at the beginning is brilliant to me. It's, it's really quite good. <laughs> the police are like, are basically, are giving you, well, they're giving you Donald Trump. They're giving well, you, these people are coming to take your jobs. You should be afraid of them. And because you should be afraid of them, you should help us do our jobs, which is going to pay us money and give us power. Right. And As well as, like, the inherent shame of, like, like, the other people have moved off the block. You all are here because your dad suck and your mom suck and everyone, like, you are the lowest of the low, except for the other people. And, like... The added shame of, like, how are these other people here, how are these brown people here more successful than you are when you all, like, your families have been here for so much longer? Like, make that make sense. Absolutely. It's a classic, like, poor white people and disenfranchised people of color should have always been on the same side, except for that rich white people have been using racism to drive division since the beginning of time. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Valentina. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so this is brilliant for so many reasons. <laughs> First of all, of course, Rita Moreno won an Oscar for being in this movie 60 years ago. Um, and so like, you know, it's not like what people have been talking about this. Oscar? Well, she <laughs> could certainly be nominated. You know what I mean? Like, but here's the thing. Like I... I would love for Rita Moreno to win another Oscar for being... I mean, that's iconic, obviously. But, I mean, Ariana DeBose... I mean, right. like, <laughs> She's... Okay, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> I can talk about that. So, like, you know, we, we hear people talking about, like, to take a modern example, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if... Edina and Kristen Chenoweth were in the Wicked movie, right? Like, oh, like, what a cool, like, full circle moment. We wink at the audience. Like, that would be really nice. And so initially, and but when people talk about it, it's always either in, like, let's put them into a character that already exists or, right. like, just have them have a cameo or whatever. And that's often how those things happen. Um, I'm thinking about, like, the original cast of Hairspray being, like, the the talent scouts in the Hairspray movie. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So when I originally heard that they were taking Doc's character and and turning it into this character from Rita Moreno, I kind of was like, hmm, okay, we'll see how that goes. Like, I'll be glad to see Rita Moreno in this movie, but like, you know, what does this mean? Like, that is pretty substantially changing this character. Um, and I think you're so right in what you said earlier that like, 
it lets the movie play with time so much more because Valentina becomes this grown up like version of Maria, right? Like Maria wants to marry, like wants to be with Tony. And then we have this version of it on like the other end of life of like Valentina was with Doc for so long. Right. Um, which I think also is part of like, I mean, we will have to talk. About, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> Rachel Ziegler, who was so amazing. Sang the house down. Sang the house down. W- appeared to me as a child in a way that, you know, in the original, uh, Natalie Wood just does not look like, you know, she looks, they all kind of look like adults. Right. And right. so having Rachel Ziegler, who looks like a child, be playing this child part, I think changes so much of what the story means. Anyway. Absolutely. That, no, absolutely. One of the big reasons I already said why I like this movie more than the original is that it actually gives context. It actually, like, makes these characters real. It, like, ex- explains why these people would be speaking in English at any point in their own homes. Mm-hmm. They speak in Spanish for so much of the movie, which I love, love, love. Like, that just is so right to me. Like, that just is so right. Um, but also, I think that, like, I think that the story changed, like the implications of the story changed to me because it was like one of the things that Valentina says to Tony nearly at the end of the movie is that life matters more than love. I'm so glad you brought this up. Is different from what the original movie is saying. I think the original movie and like what a lot of people think that Romeo and Juliet is about is like, like, oh, like, if only we weren't fighting, then we would love each other, right? Like, if only there weren't all this fighting going on, then, like, actual love could spring forth. And because there's been this fighting, like, this love could not grow into a big, beautiful love story, whatever. Mm. Which is nice. (laughs) I think that this movie, like, there's a line that Tony has that is that does happen in the original that's like, like, we can't, we can't be together with all of this fighting happening around us. Right, right. But I think this movie's take is like, you have to address that fighting. Like, you cannot pretend that those, the conditions that have made that fighting occur in the first place, you cannot pretend that they don't exist. And that's what I think when Valentina says, life matters more than love. Like, I think that ultimately, Maria is wrong in I have a love because mm. she is a child because she's 18. She's like, Oh, I just lost when she's like, I just lost Bernardo. And if you leave, then I won't have you either. And it's like, Maria, you have a community of people. You have Anita who you actually like know and have lived with. Like you have all of this community around you, but you are so in love with this one person who happens to be on, you know, the other side of this great divide and also happens to be the person who just killed your brother literally but like she is so focused on like having a love and finding a love and being in love and she thinks that she finally has gotten that and like and and that is wrong i think that she's wrong i think that i got Mm. out of the movie that she's wrong and that actually who's right is anita that anita is right because anita's like this is crazy and that I think 
Then when Anita goes, in the original, when Anita goes to Doc, it's like, I'm really like going off over here. When Anita goes to Doc, (laughs) it's like, okay, I thought that I could trust you. Like they told me that you were the person on the other side that I could trust because Doc was white. When Anita goes to Valentina and is like, I'm supposed to be able to trust you because you are supposed to be on my side because we are both Puerto Rican. But actually, here you are in your store with all these jets in your store who just assaulted me in your store. And you are wrong for thinking that your love of Doc means that this is okay or means that you can ignore that this also happens. Mm -hmm. And that is really fascinating. Like, that is really something. (laughs) Well, after the movie, we started talking about the politics of passing and came on that moment. Hmm. Because... I think Valentina's character at the beginning talks about like, well, everyone thinks that because I married a gringo, I'm a gringa. And like, that's not true. But then there's this kind of reckoning moment all the way at the end of the film when Anita comes and she's like, I came to your door and this is what happened to me. Yeah. And so you can't, you can't, you can't play, kind of play both sides in this way. Right. Which is like, you know, in terms of who's right or wrong, it's like, well, actually people shouldn't have assaulted her. Well, actually, white people should just stop. Right, 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 right. <laughs> like, no, you're, like, right you're right, you're right, you're right. That's really the thing. <laughs> Instead of pitting these people against each other. Um, but it is this moment of like, yes, we're getting Valentina talking to Anita, but you're also getting Anita talking to Anita through time, right? Like, you yeah. are getting two Anitas. Like, imagine Valentina as a grown Anita talking to herself in the past and a young Anita talking to old Anita. And that reading of that scene really makes me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's fabulous. That is so, that is fabulous. Um, That's why, then like, I mean, every song in the show is a signature song in the show, but the signature song of the show, I would say is somewhere. Mm. And I think that, that, that Valentina singing somewhere in in the way that she does, the way that it is delivered, as well as where it is, where it comes in the story, is about like again, I think it's the it is the shift from like, oh, there's a place for us and like we will be in love. Like the, there's a place where our love can exist and be beautiful, and like we just have to get there. Mm-hmm. And I think the shift is there's a place for our that our love can exist and we can be in love and that place is not here Mm -hmm. Mm. as in like not like oh we have to go away and get somewhere else as in there is too much else happening right like we cannot ignore the things that are happening around us that that stand in the way of that like calling into question the material forces that work the is that what you're saying Yeah, well, just that, like, I think Maria and Tony really want to be like, look, we are, (laughs) we're in love, like, like, Maria talking to Bernardo is like, we're in love, you can't tell me what to do, like, I don't care what it is, like, you and your little fights are petty, and what I have is real. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that it is not realistic. I think that it is immature. It is what an 18-year-old would say and think 
me in my at my big old age of 24 i think that it is it is what a child would think to say like you need to just get over those things because love is the most important thing and the love that i feel for this guy is the most important thing. Where is the love that they feel for each other? You know, like where, right. like where is the love in the community that they share together? Like, where is the love that Bernardo and Maria have for you? Like, where does that love, you know, like, I think that's where, like, where is the love that should have protected Anita coming to Valentina's store? Right. Absolutely. I think that the, I think this movie was trying to say like, the great ideal of romantic love is great, but like is not the be all end all and is not the most important kind of love that there is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I really And feel that it. is really saying something that the original movie does not say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because Valentina sings somewhere alone, she's also mm-hmm. not singing. She's not singing, there's a, there's a place for us, like there's a place for you and me, Tony and Marina. Right. There's a place for us, me and you, the audience. Mm, like wow. it's like absolutely out through the screen. She's reflecting on her life at that point, at that moment. Like there's a place for us human beings. Like I believe that there is a, there is a place, there is a world that we can create that allows yeah. us to love each other. Here in my old age, I still believe that. And so there is this like idealism, but it's tempered by the the reality of her life um but also kind of shines even more a little bit because she still does believe that this is possible huh i i guess i that call that was called into question for me Mm. i think she thinks it's possible hypothetically but i don't i think she's looking at like the carnage around her and thinking is it possible here? Like, is it possible here with these people at this time? For sure. For sure. And I don't, I mean, I don't think so. Or the story says, I don't think so. <laughs> well, is the verdict certainly of the, the events of the story say <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the answer is no. Uh, um, also on the, like, Maria is a child point, there is something about the original Romeo and Juliet where it's like, and then they both killed each other because they loved each other. That when I remember, I remember when I first read it in English class and I was like, well, why'd they do like, this was all avoidable. This right. was all, this was all kind of dumb. I mean, right. This yeah. was like a, a, like, I get it. You love each other, but then you, you killed yourself. Okay, sure. In this, the life is more important than love. Current gives an element of reality, like a real reality check to what you're saying is like a young love story. And it's like, and it makes the it makes the whole thing more believable and takes it out of the realm of of Shakespeare, like by the book tragedy, to yeah. here's something that actually looks more like a life that I I could know or a person that I could relate with. Um, yeah. Which again, go Tony to Kushner. So I think the I think the end really changed for me. I mean, so much, I mean, obviously, obviously, <laughs> the, in watching the original movie and the couple of times that I've seen a production of the play, like I get to the end and I'm like, and it does have that Shakespearean, like ultimate tragedy feeling of like, 
when Maria's like, how many bullets are left and how many of you can I kill and still have one left for me because now I hate, like now I've learned to hate. Mm -hmm. And in the past, I've thought of that as like, wow, like she believed in love and then they killed it. Like this environment killed the love that she had and now she'll never love again, right? Like now it's like she's permanently like scarred to to Mm. always... Almost like, this is a hilarious, ridiculous thing to reference, (laughs) but honestly, it's kind of giving in holes. So, (laughs) LOL. (laughs) But, kissing Kat Barlow, okay, Kate Barlow, whatever her name is, (laughs) is in love with Dulé Hill, who is black, and they don't want her to be in love with him, so they kill him and burn her school, and then she becomes a... a, Criminal. Vigilante. And so, like, because they, like, wouldn't let her be this, like, kind, loving teacher, (laughs) she instead, like, they made her hate, and then she became a a villain. Hear it, hear it. Well, you know whose story (laughs) that really is? That's really Chino's story. Yeah, yeah. That's really Chino's story. Okay, okay, okay. But watch it. So I thought that's what happened at the. I, whenever I've seen it before, I'm like, that's what happens to Maria. She becomes this like lover who like couldn't survive, and so had to become hateful, like the the hateful place that she was in. But watching it this time, I was like, wait, no, 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 you're a kid, like. Like you're acting frantic because you're a kid. Like you're saying these things because these incredibly traumatic things have just happened to you in the last 24 hours. <laughs> and you're scared, like you're scared and you're saying things that are crazy because you're a kid. But like, there is more to the world than, than that. Like you will learn to, you are still surrounded. Like there's still so much love that surrounds you. Mm. Like there's, you still, I don't know. It to me felt like, not like, Oh, this like person has been burned and forever will be like this hateful person. But like she there's all this stuff happened to a kid. And like how how terrible is it that like these childish emotions like to me it almost was the story of like arrested development in that like when you allow these like childish emotions and hatreds and rivalries that grow into racism that then are used to like turn people against each other like instead of thinking of things like with the perspective and nuance that an adult can look at them with which i think like valentina points to in singing somewhere like then this is what happens like if if kids are if if these kind of childish high stakes everything is high stakes huge emotion whatever like is allowed to to win the day then like three people are dead Mm. I like, I don't think I have exactly that reading, but I really see it. And now I'm like, hmm, maybe. Well, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to be watching this for the rest of my life. I mean, I'm going to watch it every day for the rest of my life. (laughs) Um, But I think I I give Maria maybe more credit than than I should. Or than Mm. at least you do. Um, And the like, the I've learned to hate now thing is like, if she really had learned to hate, she would have pulled the trigger. You know what I mean? Like the gun, yeah. the gun is a symbol of violence that changes hands a billion times in the movie and everyone who has it ends up killing somebody. They, yeah. You know, 
and she has it and she doesn't use it. And so for me, it's all, that's always been like a teachable kind of moment where she's like, look, I could be just like you and I could do these, like how many can I have to shoot all of you and kill myself? Because at the end of the day, this always comes home. Yeah. Like, but she doesn't, she doesn't pull the trigger. And for me, that is like, that is a symbol of, not a symbol, that is a, that shows a kind of maturity. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she really, truly is still 18. And this also did all happen within like 36 hours, which is also part of the like ridiculous Shakespeare of right. it all. <laughs> right, 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 right. Of course. Of course. Okay. Let's talk about, well, let's talk about Ariana DeBose. So here's ah! the thing about Ariana DeBose. We didn't even talk about her when we talked about the prom because she was nothing in it. Like, oh. <laughs> not, that's not to say anything of her. It's just like her part was like, here's this do nothing part. Like, you're going to be like, oh, I love you. I can't tell my mom. You know, like whatever. And then I watched this movie and now she's the most talented person in the world. <laughs> I'm like, wait, you're a superstar. A star was born that day. Truly. And it's giving, well, let me go down my litany of Oscars that this movie will be nominated <laughs> for and should win. It's giving Tony Kushner for adapted screenplay. It's giving Ariana DeBose. It's giving best picture on lock. <laughs> like, no competition, best picture winner. <laughs> um, she was amazing. She was amazing. She really brought it. And it's a, I mean, that's a very hard role. It's an extremely yeah. hard role. You, yes. Like, you've got to be singing, you've got to be dancing, you've got to be acting. And I guess the everyone has to do that, so but like, right. she's really got to be doing it. I mean, I think she, she, like, I was thinking earlier about like the police being framed as peacekeepers, but not actually being the peacekeepers. Mm. Like, Anita is the peacekeeper of West Side Story. Well, then she lies. Well, but I think she lies because she's like, Maria just tricked me with this, I have a love shit, and that shit was wrong. Because you, because this is what is, like, that is all well and good, but I did, like, I came here to try to keep the peace, which mm, I'm just saying. Like, I came here to try to bring the message from Maria to Tony and look at what happened. And I was attacked for doing it. Like, look at what came to me of that. I don't think that she is wrong for doing it, but I also don't think she can be called the peacekeeper. Well, it, I think like she, she is until that moment. She I, I, Okay, I agree with that. And like, there's a shot of her when she leaves her apartment on the stairs and it's like, and she's going to docs to go convey this information. And it, She's giving this expression of like, this is an, a monumental thing that Maria has asked me to do, but I'm going to do it. And then she walks yeah. in and gets assaulted. And yeah. that's, for me, that moment is like with the best of intentions and with the, with the most, pure is not the word, but like kind of the most real, like Anita's kind of the most real character you get. Yeah. Yes. Which is why Rita Moreno won the award <laughs> six years ago. Um, exactly. And like with the with the realist of of life experience, honestly, that anyone outside of Valentina in this thing has. Right. She comes and she's like, I'm gonna do this thing beca- because of my beliefs. And even with that, the world and its 
and the way it deals with women of color, mm-hmm. like, chews her up. And that's for me, that's what that moment is. It's like, yeah. it's, it's that, like, even everyone wants to say, be the bigger person. And here's this person who really had something to be the bigger person about. Yeah. And even, even like, this is what happens. Like, you, you just open yourself up to pain and to heartache. And she's like, but no more. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. But also, without and- that lie, like, you don't get Tony outside. You know? Yeah. Which is, the, I mean, which is just the tragedy. Of, like, this is a tragedy. <laughs> yeah. Well, ultimately, it's a, so actually, the movie is sad, <laughs> is what I would say. <laughs> um, so how many times did you cry? <laughs> um, um, so Ariana DeBose was amazing. Uh, I did want to stick on that moment, actually, a little bit, because I thought also the, mov- the movie had something to say about white women there. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Like, the Jet Girls, Anita walks mm-hmm. in, and the Jet Girls are like, why are you not speaking English? They're contributing to this air of division, of right. racism, of harm. And they, then, they raised the, the temperature until they're like, oh, now it's too much. But it's like, Miss Thing, it's too late. Lit- literally, it's too late. And then you want to say, then you want to basically say, oh, no, don't do this to this woman. And now I feel for her because I know her as a woman. And oh it's my like, God. When- you, you've, you did, mm-hmm. you contributed. Don't. When yeah. the violence was racialized, they were playing along. But then when the violence is gendered, which of course it is both always. <laughs> that's really something. It's very, well, it's very everything. It's very 66% of white women voted for Donald Trump. Well, and we can't talk about <laughs> that. We cannot talk about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that moment really was, really was something. I just thought that was, I thought that was amazing. Um, I thought that was amazing. And to have, I'm sorry, I'm just going off. Like, but to have anybody's get a sort of gender affirmation in that moment, like right, right before Anita comes in. Yeah. Basically, yeah. the Jets are like, you're one of the boys. And anybody's is like, yes. But then you see their face turn because they're like, actually, these people are degenerates. And then anybody's turn is to leave. <laughs> and anybody's is the one who gives Anita a warning to get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's not, like, if that's not, that's just the truth. That is the truth. That is how the world is working. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is so. That's not for nothing. <laughs> Imagine me turning to someone after watching this movie and they said it was terrible. How is it true? How is it true? How is it true? How is it true? Um, Gotta give an immense... I mean, when Rachel Zegler starts singing in Tonight, my jaw was on the floor. I was like... Like, I knew when they announced she was cast, she's done the videos on YouTube, she's a great singer. I know she's a great singer. My jaw was on the floor. She's amazing. She's amazing. (laughs) She's amazing. What? She, that was amazing. That was amazing. 
That's what I'm talking. Now that is what I'm talking about. That's what I like to see. I have nothing to add because it's just the truth. <laughs> it is just the truth. I mean, we haven't really almost talked about the music at all. Well, I want to talk about the structure, some of the restructuring. Oh. Which I thought was ultimately so extremely successful. Take me there. Take me. So here's what's always... We didn't really talk about this in our movie musical conversation. Mm. But famously, musicals are often two acts. Stage musicals are the vast majority of them two act musicals. People talk about movies being in three acts. So this is kind of, oh, what do we do when, uh, you know, you're taking a two-act thing and making it a three-act thing? Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner, they said, well, here's how you do it. <laughs> they said, here's one act, blackout. Act two, blackout. Act three. And that, to me, extremely <laughs> successful. I said, this is right. I like this. I know what's happening. I know what's happening. Um, I thought bringing a lot of the... I thought so many of the things that, like... I thought were not great about In the Heights were very good about this in that like America being out in the street like during the yes. day was so well done yes. and so beautiful. I mean, the choreography was amazing. It was visually stunning. Um, just like really successful. I thought G Officer Krupke being in the police station was so successful. Like that's just such a brilliant idea. Like that's amazing. Um Cool being during the day and being about the gun. Like really, being Tony really saying that so to the... Good. That really is good. Because cool in the original... Well, cool is in a different place in the movie than it is in the stage show. Mm. In the movie, cool happens in the first act to be like, okay, so we're going to be cool about this thing that is happening tomorrow. Right. Right. In the movie, cool happens in the second act and is like, okay, Riff is dead, but we have to be cool. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> are just two very different moments. <laughs> right, right. But then the, to put it in between those two, like to put it as like, and to make that the song in which Tony actually is making a concerted effort to be like, don't do this, this is bad, yeah. I think is more successful than either of the original placements. Yeah. I mean, that's the song where the gun, to me, gains its own significance as a character right. in itself. Right, right. Right? And, like, as a symbol of violence. And then the song is, like, these, these white men talking about how they're going to deal with masculinized violence. Yeah. Like, and what... Like, there's that's just so much more dramatically compelling and also means a lot more today. Yeah. And, yes. And then that the pow, pow, pow becomes, like, I mean, that, again, is giving to me, these are children, this is Arrested Development, like, how, oh, we're playing cops and robbers becomes, like, now actually people are dead because... Right. Because it, it was let out of control. Um Okay. I feel pretty. Yes. Being after the rumble. Now let's talk about this. Now let's talk about this. So in the original musical, this is the placement. Mm -hmm. But in the movie, they move I feel pretty to be at the top of the second act, pre-rumble, the morning after 
they meet at the dance. Mm-hmm. And this is very interesting because Stephen Sondheim has often talked about like, why is this song in here? Like people like the song because it's fun, but like, what is this song actually doing for this story? Mm. And for me, putting it directly after we have seen Tony kill Bernardo is like, I think that to me fits with the narrative of like, wait, Maria is a kid. Like Maria, this is not Mm. that like, you're caught in this, like, what you think romance means and what you think, like, what you think uh, this yeah. romantic story and what you think it means yeah. to have this love. But that's not as important as these other things that are happening. Like, you have to actually look around at what's happening. And even recap, re, uh, changing the setting to, for it to be yeah. in a huge department store is giving capitalism fantasy of yeah like yes, good yes, feelings yes, yes, yes. are wealth are and it's like mm, uh, mm, uh, this is going to come crashing down and it does yeah yeah and I just thought I I think that is the thing that the people who will not be mentioned sitting next to me in the movie were like wait this is so weird because like why would Maria do that like why is why did we see I Feel Pretty after we see the rumble? And why would Maria still sleep with Tony? And I'm like, yes, this is confusing. Like, I I just thought that it pulled out, like, it really emphasized that confused, the confusion of, like, like, in this story, it is supposed to mean more that Maria loves Tony and that they love each other than that, like, this other violence is happening that, like, Tony got wrapped up or, like, sucked back into or whatever. Right. But it actually is not more, like, it's not more important. Mm. hmm They really did a good job. <laughs> Full stop. Point blank <laughs> They period. just really did. Um, they really did a good job. There's always, for me, it had been an issue with the original movie in that it, it, We've talked about how it only on a surface level d- deals with race, but it also does it in a way. It's like if you're going to talk about race in America, you've got to talk about black people. Yeah. And this movie did that sub- like really subtly for me, but like did it just enough that it like that it was real, that this is this can still be an American story and like right. still be say that it's about race and actually be about race. Like right. we only see black people in my mind, I think in like three places. There's like the jets are walking down the street and then some black people are crossing the street and the jets like kind of pause and stop and like the music stops and it's just like everything pauses and we are just looking at these black people go. Yeah. One instance, you've got um, Tony singing Maria out at night and then Mm -hmm. there is a black janitor who's like cleaning up a recreational area who's like, who's this... (laughs) Yeah, white boy singing who's lost in fantasy. Literally, like, who is this person <laughs> yeah. who can afford to be out at night lost in fantasy? Right. And then you've got the person who is with um, this, like, bartender who sells Riff and the Jets the gun. Oh, yeah. Um, and for me, like, those three, those three things are giving, like, are... It's like here, here, here are black people who are who are just just outside of this, you know, um, 
of this particular struggle to to like kind of be peripheral to it, but just actually foundational to the way that race works that like everything kind of stops when you see them. Yeah. And here is a, a, especially when they're getting the gun, like here's a black person who knows violence. Riff is like, yeah, yeah, I know this gun, it shoots. Right. And, and, and the black guy's like, no, like, no, you don't, like you actually don't know what you're getting yourself into, which is like, talk about the truth. Like, so I feel like so much of white consciousness is wrapped up in violence <laughs> that they actually don't even have sometimes first hand experience with or like generational sure. experience with. And I thought that, sure. I just thought that was really brilliant and it didn't take away from the story, but it also added something that was necessary to be there right. to, for this to say that it's about race. Right. I, for years as a child was like caught in, Oh no. Like if I wanted to be in West side story, like, where would I be? Like, I don't fit in this story. Yeah. And going through phases of like, oh, well, obviously I'd be a shark because I'm not white, but then being like, well, maybe that means that I'm a jet because I'm not Puerto Rican. Like, and I, I agree that I thought that it was really beautifully, fully realized or like, like meaningfully, fully realized another, like, which I think gets to a larger part about this movie is that in watching it, I already said like, in watching it, it felt like, okay, they didn't talk about anything in the first movie because y'all weren't talking about this. And so if you weren't talking about all this, what were you talking about? Right. Um, but also, like, during the prologue, when they're moving through, when they're moving through the streets and, like, yes. it's so fully populated, I'm like, wait, why isn't anyone in the first movie? Like, why is the first movie in, like, a deserted New York City? Like, that doesn't make <laughs> sense. And what I thought was... So brilliant, not just that it's like, oh yeah, we're actually in a city where like lots of people live. It also shows that the Jets do feel surround, like they do feel like, oh my God, everyone here is Puerto Rican and what happened to this place that used to not be this way. As well as, so there's that, we get to see them being physically disruptive. We get to see them like stealing things from the local businesses. We also see the Jets interacting with rich white people yes. who also don't want them there. And that, yes. that is really fast. Like, that is really fascinating. And because, like, it, I oh. mean, because of all the reasons we already said. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I love, thank you for bringing this up because it's also giving Lincoln Center. Yeah. It's like this whole neighborhood is getting wiped away to build this you know, cute new center for the arts. It's going to be for all the rich right. people, which is what happened to the actual place where West Side Story was actually filmed. That yeah. is where Lincoln Center is now. Yeah. Um, and it's like to, it's just to talk about, it's just talking about everything. <laughs> yeah. It's actually talking about things, which is, it's funny that, I mean, maybe this is a conversation for another day, but just like, I think that's something that audiences now, or at least certain audiences now, are really asking for more than maybe they were in the past. I don't know if that's really mean? true. Like, for if you're going to tell a story and have something to say about it, where's the social yeah. commentary? Yeah. Right? Like, are you speaking to things that need to be spoken to with this piece of artwork? And I feel like right. that's something that 
I mean, I wasn't alive in the 60s, so I really don't know. But I, I wonder that, I feel like that's a more mainstream, a more mainstream viewer is looking to like <laughs> get, some, get some commentary and not just get a fairy tale or a tragedy yeah. or a love story. Yeah, right. I think even even more generally, like looking for looking for it to say something. Like I, I really do think that the original West Side story just doesn't have like doesn't have something particularly complicated to say. Which is like Do things need to be complicated to be valuable? You're right, you're right, you're right. And also But, but I I, I think part of it is like, well, if you're going to, I think part of it is if, I, I certainly agree that if you're going to put all this stuff on the table, that the audience wants you to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think the original West Side Story puts a lot of stuff on the table, but doesn't like actually end up playing with all of the toys, right? Like doesn't right. actually end up using all the pieces. Um, whereas I feel like this did, really did that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first one is is stays in like the abstract realm of like l- like love is a big concept, yeah. and it's yeah. like all of this is great, but like what I, I there are more there are more material things I think that get more play, right? In this one, um, it's just interesting what different people want from art at different times. I agree. I certainly agree with it. Okay, well. Have a binary over there. Um, okay, of between two songs that felt differently, pretty differently realized in the movie, in this movie versus in the previous movies. Mm. Uh, my binary is cool versus G Officer Krupke. Oh, yeah, rude of you to do to that to you. me. Um, I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with cool. Yeah. I th- that's, <laughs> and not for nothing. I mean, we talked about this with Ariana DeBose. The choreography, the dancing in this movie is amazing up and down the board. Truly. Up and down Truly. the court. <laughs> um, I think I'm going G Officer Krupke. It just was such a beautifully like, realized idea it was really in a way bad. that like this now feels like the standard version like this feels like what the song was written to be as opposed to versions of it that we've seen in the past which mm. i think is really fabulous mm. um this is characters okay uh valentina anita <gasps> my god <laughs> Um, I mean, it's gotta be Anita. I mean, Anita is just one of those legendary characters and Ariana DeVos absolutely stepped up to the plate and cemented that forever. <laughs> For always and eternity. Wow. Holes. Well, I thought I was going to say Valentina, but then I've just, I've actually been convinced. Just <laughs> Literally cemented forever and always. <laughs> I'll be right there. Anita. Team Anita. Work. Oh, a big story. I feel like I had a workout. 
I do, I do too. And I actually need to go watch it again. Uh, be, because this may... We haven't said anything about Ansel Elgort. I don't know if you oh. had anything to say. Oh. But... <laughs> I think that might just be the way that it is. Okay, great. Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's. I think that's fine. Did you have anything? Um. At. I thought that he performed well. Um, there was, well, okay, no, there are actually two moments in the movie that, there were only two moments that pulled me out of it for even a second, and one was good, one was bad. The one that was bad was not, I don't think was fully, like, I am pulled out of it, but when Elgort's face, when when he finds out that Maria is dead, it was kind of funny. (laughs) When he's like the scream against the wall. Literally the Wilhelm scream. When he like turns around and is like... The face is melting. It's... Yes, it's actually quite funny. That was funny. Then, okay, Riff's little girlfriend... I have to watch it because I have to know exactly what the line is. When they... (laughs) When they're at the dance and she's like... I just want to fucking dance. <laughs> she says. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> she's like chewing gum or smoking a cigarette or something. And she's like, I just, I'm just here to dance. <laughs> that Leave was it to Graziella. so funny. That was deeply funny. <laughs> there are a number of moments actually when I laughed out loud. Oh, me too. She's like, you're tall. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Or when Ariana DeBose says, uh, are you trying to start World War III? <laughs> like, there were these amazing one-liners in the vi- It just was fabulous. Incredible delivery on all parts. The L.A. Phil tore it up. Tore it up. Yeah. And I think also the New York Phil. I think they're both in there. I think it's the L.A. Phil with... New York percussionists. Okay, work. <laughs> and that is so fierce. <laughs> Gustavo Dunamel said, actually, I'll be needing you all to, to come in. Thank you. Well, actually, I heard that it was Janine Tesori who said that. Really? Okay, Janine. Yes. So Janine right. better work. All right, Janine. <laughs> wow. What, there, can you believe who's on this movie? Kenyon. <laughs> <laughs> Leonard Bernstein. Stephen Sondheim. St- Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Gustavo <laughs> Judamel. Janine Tesori. William Shakespeare. Tony <laughs> <laughs> <Joni> Kushner. <laughs> Arthur Lawrence. Jerome yeah. Robbins. I mean... I mean... So... Uh, and once again, imagine seeing this movie and then turning to your right and someone says it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I said It ruined my whole weekend, actually. I couldn't do. stop thinking about it. <laughs> well, Jordan, that's a gotta stop. Mm. Mm. 
Well, until next time. Thanks for listening, divas. We Love That is brought to you by Kenyon and Jerome. Our music is by Sophia Campomore and our art is by Griffin Keller. And please drop us a line at welovethatpodcast at gmail.com. I am now. Well, I am now recording. Well, I'm recording. Well, I'm recording. Well, I'm recording. Well, I'm recording. We have to stop. You're right. <laughs>